Well, hello everyone, and welcome to the first episode of Please Don't Cancel Me for Common Sense Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Maddie Stu, along with my co-host, Sterling O'Neill. Hey, how's it going, guys? Sterling, I'm very excited to do this with you. Yeah, me too. This is going to be a lot of fun. I think, I think first, we'll just give the audience a quick base of, of the podcast, kind of how you and I started with this. Yeah, I'm done. So, Sterling and I have been friends for, you know, about a year now, mm-hmm. um, and we just clicked right away, and I think we were able to just talk real with each other, which is what clicked, and have those conversations that I think, like, a lot of us, like, for me, I, like, look over my shoulder, like, you know, I'm afraid to say this, can I say this, you know, because they're political hot issues yeah yeah I think a big thing for me with Stu uh, is that he looks at both perspectives and I think that's kind of how the podcast got birthed and just us having a couple quick chats it was mainly kind of that openness and that uh, looking at both sides which really kind of drew me into doing the podcast so I'm happy to be here yeah and we're able to have a conversation you're able to agree to disagree with me we're able to, to change those minds and you know, in the end, there's three sides to every story, right? There's my side, your side, and the truth. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. you know, we're going we're gonna to talk about that. So, we're, let's dive right in. Um, episode one, there was a lot of things we could have discussed, but I think that the best thing was the Israel-Palestine to talk about. Yeah. Um, now, what kind of sparked this was that I was actually able to have a very enlightening and amazing conversation with a very well-known... Um, celebrity Mohammed Habib. Um, his daughters are world, star, world fashion models and very famous. Um, and he's been posting, and his daughter's been posting a lot of pro Palestinian um, posts on okay. social media. And a lot of stuff that, in particular, sparked, you know, for me and a lot of pro Israeli people, a lot of anger, to be honest with you. I and mean, just a lot of like, why are you posting that? You know, like, um, and so it got me to actually DM or, or comment on something that he posted. He posted a video of a, of a girl being detained at a border by Israeli troops. And she ended up not having anything on her but a nail filer. But she didn't cooperate right away. So, you know, I posted a statistic that, well, majority of of suicide attempts are actually made by young women who fit her profile and that sparked him to DM me and we had a long conversation back and forth um I mean you read the conversation yeah 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 you know and I think the without diving in you know it was definitely a private conversation so we're not going to share everything but like many of these conversations these days it started with with anger on both sides very polarized you know because right now our our on just about any conversation, whether you're talking about COVID, you know, Black Lives Matter, you know, Israel-Palestine, so many issues right now. The, the election, it's you're with us or you're against us mentality. It's either, you know, yeah. either my side or you're, not, or you're against us side. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think the, there was a reaction for both of us to defend our sides. And as soon as I think we realized that we're actually on the same side. You know, we just, the world, it's really complicated right now, man. It really is. Um, So the conversation, obviously, some some anger to start. And then, you know, once once some facts kind of get brought to the table, 
you know, like there was no denying, hey, I want peace. Since you know, let's let's talk peace for a second. Nineteen forty-eight, Israel becomes a state. Day one, they become a state. Palestine was supposed to get forty-five percent of that country that we know as Israel today. East Jerusalem, West Bank, Gaza Strip, Golan Heights. Day one, they said to five their neighboring countries, "Come on in. Use these lands as jumping off points to attack Israel." That's what we know as the Independence Day War. So that's from 48 with different skirmishes where Egypt and Jordan controlled those lands uh, up until 67, which we know as the Six-Day War, which then a surprise attack. Again, these countries attacked Israel. Then Israel said, okay, enough's enough. We're taking these lands over. If you're going to continue to use these lands as an attacking point, Mm -hmm. we're going to now control them. Now, let me ask my friend. Is that, is that occupied territory? Based on what we're talking about it, no. Uh, I think if we look at any wars in history, um, you, you take land once you, once you win that battle, right? If we look at the entirety of war, there's different battles, uh, and you lose land, you gain land to territory, however you want to use that term. Um, but yeah, I mean, what are you supposed to, like you say, you know, once they're using those as jumping off points, if you were to take those back, um, if you're looking from a, any type of war philosophy standpoint, you're going to occupy those lands so it doesn't continue to happen. I mean, I think there's a lack of, I hate to say it, of history in, in, in this country, at least, in, the, in these bubbles that we're seeing yeah. in this world. Yeah, I'll, I'll be honest uh, with you guys. Before we did this podcast, I, I made sure that Stu kind of gave me a lot of, um, a lot of uh, study material, if you will. Um, so he sent me some articles uh, from history.com, which recommend reading them if you have no idea what we're talking about, because I really had no idea on the on the full situation. Um, being African-American and doing Black Lives Matter, like that was never my focus, Israel and Palestine. But now I feel so much more um, enriched, and I'm glad that you shared those with me. So if you have time, check those out. But yeah, definitely. And the Israel and the Palestine, we get the, both links. We're yep. great that I'll want to share them. But if you, it was funny, because if you read them, they both are very similar, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, obviously, yeah. there's great history that goes back. But let's talk from World War One on, you know, we said this before, just, you know, we're discussing our notes. But if you look at a map of the world pre-World War One, and then post-World War One, I, I think you'll see more changes that has affected us in our, in our world today. And you can understand why so many things have really changed it. The, the Ottoman Empire is no longer that controlled a lot. The Russian Empire was is no longer. <laughs> yeah. There was a lot of change. I mean, Great Britain had over ninety countries in their control before World War II. Um, so let's talk occupied territory and what what's not occupied territory and how that works. War changes the world, and that's how it's been for thousands of years. And that's how borders are set. Yeah. I mean, Texas is a border. Talk about the Mexican-American war, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think a great example is uh, India-Pakistan. I mean, they're still Mm -hmm. shooting every day over there, you know? It's a very similar situation. It's like, where does our country start and stop? And to me, this is even a little clearer. It's like, we gave you this. Israel gave the Palestinians this land. You chose to do nothing but to let 
Egypt, Syria, and Lebanon use it as attacking points. So we're going to take this and use it as our control, considering these are bordering territories. Yeah, let's talk about war theory. Yeah, and we need in Israel first and foremost needs to survive as yeah. Israelis. And for me, when I presented this to Mr. Muhammad Abid, there was no argument, you know. And when there's there was no argument about terrorist attacks, you know, and what what the Palestinians have done for themselves. I wish that the Palestinians had a true leader. And for those listening, and who need a, a quick reminder in history, I want you to look up a man by the name of Yasser Arafat. And you'll see a lot of pictures of him next to President Bill Clinton. And Itzhak Rabin, I believe, was the Prime Minister of Israel at the time. And you'll see that Arafat ended up pocketing billions of dollars that was from the UN that was supposed to go to aid to his own people. And it comes out, it was a very bittersweet um, funeral for him because it didn't come out until he died. And they, they find out that he, he had a home in Paris with a young wife here, a home over in London. He had homes all over the world, vacation homes, and with different wives, I think he had 12 wives, I think. Um, all very young women. And he did nothing for his own people with that money. But this is a person that his people put into power, praised, and thought he was the answer. And unfortunately, since then, they haven't had anything better. They've, he's actually the best they ever had, unfortunately. Wow. Which is saying something. Yeah, I would, I would ask you, Stu, since you, you, know, you know more about this than I, what, what is the solution, right? I mean, Arafat obviously wasn't the solution. But, you know, what is the solution? Obviously, you guys, you and Mr. Hamid had your conversation. What is the solution for kind of, uh, what is it, the two-state nation that you spoke of? Well, I think it, it's, there's a few different solutions. Mm-hmm. One, I think that it starts with having conversations like I was able to have with Mr. Yeah, Hamid. I agree. It starts with talk to someone who traditionally doesn't fall in line with your team, your side, who doesn't have your initial perspective. And, and sit down with them. And I think that unless they want innocent lives to be killed, you're able to have a conversation. Yeah, I agree. And I think that once we're able to just talk facts uh, and able to just to take away hate and anger, and instead of thinking of, I think a lot of these conversations, people are thinking about what they're going to say instead of thinking about what the person's actually saying. Mm. So yeah. listen to your neighbor. And then on a much greater scale, obviously, um, I'm, I'm excited for the new leadership in Israel. I don't think Netanyahu is the answer, but I also think it's easy for anyone to sit in our bubbles or our perspectives. His job was to keep Israel safe. And so he, his job was to fight terrorist cells that are launching rockets and you know, terrorist attacks into his country that he's responsible for. I don't think the settlements that he set up and incentivized Israelis to move there helps. I wish mm, okay. I wish that the Gaza Strip, for example, was a beautiful beach resort that it should be, controlled by the Palestinians, controlled by people like Muhammad Abid and his family. So show the world that we can move past this. Show the world we can coexist. It's better for the economy, which is better for Israel. I don't want war for Israel. I want peace. Give them 
the, the, the 45% that they originally talked about and let's move forward. That's what I would really like. Mm. But it takes two to tango. Yeah. And unfortunately, I don't see the Palestinians currently with that kind of leadership. You ready for a few uncomfortable things? You ready? Yeah. That the audience is going to listen to and they're like, oh my God, right? But hey, to shake it up, Sterling, are all women and children innocent? No. Okay. Here in America, just in America, what's one of our biggest problems in our schools? Mass shootings. And who's doing these shootings? Not our teachers, not adults. Children. Young kids, yeah. And it's easy to right away say, well, our gun, it's easy for them to buy a gun. On our gun, yeah, listen, that's a whole other conversation. Let me tell you right now. If the kid wants to kill his, his, his classmates, gun or no gun, he'll find a way to do it. There might be a lot less. If, you know, let's make it harder for sure. Let's not make it as easy as it is. But if they are determined enough, they're still going to do it. And they still, the bottom line is, they still have the want to do it. That doesn't go away. There's a greater issue, which is what we're teaching them at a young age and how we're nurturing our, our, mm-hmm. our youth. Some of these people, so when Israel drops bombs into Gaza, West Bank, none of these are surprise attacks. All of these are, they drop leaflets, little uh, pieces of paper. Mm, that says, yeah, I remember you telling me this. Yeah. We're, we're attacking this area, leave. They go on sirens, we're attacking this area, leave. Nothing is surprised. Because they know that the, the, the terrorists aren't going to budge. And they know that they have the school built right across from where they're keeping the weapons for a reason. So mm. when Israel blows up the weaponry, it also takes down the school and CNN covers that and then it says Israel blew up a school if it isn't well what was the school teaching are all schools good last I checked there's schools ran by the Taliban that prepped for 9-11 that I don't think were very good do you mm, no yeah yeah that is true I think what I want to get back into is uh, I don't think we read a little bit of the conversation can we read a little bit of yeah the excerpts of yeah that? so I think um so right away he messages me, that you know with with a very you know anger, you know, call me stupid, you know anger. I call me stupid, and and my initial reaction is you know, you're you have a big voice, you know. I would have hoped that you were going to spread love, and wisdom, and you know you're you're famous, and you're this is what you're spreading, and then I I went to quick facts. You know, before 1948, Palestine was a British territory. Palestine was never its own country. It's always been controlled by someone else. And the moment that Palestine could have been its own country was 1948, when it was able to have a two-state solution with Israel. It said, no thanks, (laughs) we'll choose war. And what was his response? You know, and his response was anger again, actually. Um, how the British Empire controlled most of the area um, and then kind of went into me knowing my history, me knowing my roots, where I stood as a Jew, 
Um, and then, like many people do right now, they bring in um, a World War II feeling. A, mm. a uh, you know, it, a lot of people are quick. Everyone says, compares things to Nazis, right? Yeah, that's a that's a major you know, comparison. Oh, you're that, that are evil. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, we're just <laughs> so extreme with that, and they they assume that that Israel's doing. You know, that similar. Thing, I've seen people say that Israel's doing the same thing that Nazis are doing. It's like well, that's the biggest extreme and can be further from the truth. Yeah, um, and as soon as that kind of conversation started, um, and more so me. Him accusing me as a Jew wanting all Arabs dead. That which again, that that's the natural reaction by that side right now. They assume that we want them all dead, and we assume they want all of us dead. And I was very upset with his comment of um, his daughters, Gigi and Bella Abid, saying um, from the river to the sea. This was the thing that actually sparked. So yeah, what does that mean? When he said from the, they were posting. There was a, a post of I want to say Bella Abid. At a protest. Okay. And she was saying, from the river to the sea. And now to me as a Jew and as a pro-Israel a supporter, that means we won't rest, we won't have peace until we control all the land and all the Jews are wiped out. And that's what, that's not what you thought, but that's kind of what the overarching That's uh, what that saying means. means to a lot of us. Okay. Um, to a lot of Jews, a lot of people in the media is portrayed to mean that way. It's a... It comes from Hamas, and it's a you know terrorist thing. Now, of course, many things have a root, get passed down different groups. Different people have different takes on it. But as soon as I gave him a hard time for that, and he said, "No, no, that's not what we mean by that," it, it sparked something in me to not argue with him and say, "No, you're wrong. This is what it means." To because try to tell him what he means. Yeah. yeah. Who am I to tell him what he means? And listen, he could have lied to me. He could have. But why would he lie to me when he's been so natural and real with me this whole time, and and showing you know his natural emotions because he's he's answering from an emotional standpoint. Of course, he's, yeah, we both are. Yeah, but I am too. We're both. We're both. You guys are in this in yeah. this context. We're, yeah. And so as soon as he then you know, turns to that and says, it's not what we mean. We want a co- we want to coexist together. We want to live in a world where Israel's not oppressing us. And I don't feel that Israel oppresses them, but wait a sec. That's how he feels. So let me just mm. pause for a second and find out why, right? Yes. I don't want him to feel that way. He shouldn't feel that way because Israel and the Jews in general, we've been through enough. We're not trying to oppress. We're just trying to survive. All those wars that he didn't deny happening... We didn't start. In 1948, after we lost 6 million Jews in the Holocaust, we didn't say, you know what sounds good? War with five Arab countries right now. No. We didn't want that. In 67, they attacked us. We just chose to end the war in six days. And on, on Yom Kippur, the holiest day of the year, I don't think that the Jews decided that a war was the best thing. We were attacked. So... There's, and, and Muhammad Abid did not deny these things. He did not deny that his, that his, his side has very poor leadership. There's, you know, Egypt and Jordan controlled these lands up until 67, from 48 to 67. Mm-hmm. What did they do for the Palestinians? Nothing. The Palestinians have had no one. And now that made me realize, well, typically when you have no one and you live it like this, it's really natural 
to blame the people right next to you that are thriving. Yeah. And Israel is thriving. Tel Aviv is an amazing city. It's the country does very well because it, it's invested into its people. Arafat took that money and ran with it. You know, Hamas, these, these different terrorists, can, they don't, there's no invest into the people. And so there's got to be a frustration with that. And there's got to be like, hey, we're not getting anything on our side. And so that's the thing I think I took away from my conversation with yeah, yeah. He's like, well, listen, we just can't catch a break. You know, Israel's like, it's like, you know, David versus Goliath over here. And no one's really kind of helped us from the, from the beginning. Yeah. And I agree with that. And so that was like, hey, listen, I wish that you guys had a better leader. I wish that the media covered it more unbiased on both levels. That's I, it's media, a whole different, whole different other beast. Yeah. beast but <laughs> I, I wish that people could have these conversations because as soon as he, you, you know, I, I mentioned about my history, my roots. And he said, I know my history. I said, I, I know my history. My grandfather liberated concentration camps and he fought Nazis. I have a Nazi belt buckle. I have a German cigarette case, German cigarette case, and I have different uh, pieces that he had took from castles, and, you know, and pictures right there on the wall. He was a sergeant, you know, Italy, Belgium, France, Germany. Did so you all. know your history. I know my history. Um, you know, I saw the pictures that he took from the concentration camps of the gas chambers. I've seen those. I know my history. And when I reminded Mr. V that, there was no anger. There was no, you know, he's a smart man. He wouldn't be successful if he wasn't smart. And, and I think that he saw, wait a sec, I am answering out of anger and emotion when, let's, let, let, me, let me listen to, to this guy for a second. Mm -hmm. And as I start listening to him, and you could see the conversation turn, because when he says, you know, I said, I'm happy to discuss further, uh, you know, I, I, I really just want us to be in a coexisting world. Um, he, then he said, I'm sorry for my harsh response. I think that that right there, people don't know how to apologize anymore. People yeah, are that's afraid, what we need. Yeah. People are afraid to pause. And, and then I followed up with an apology as well. People are afraid to pause. Like, you know what? I'm sorry for coming at with anger and emotion. It's not my side versus your side. What I'd like to do is find out why you feel the way you do. Yeah, yeah. And I guarantee you, we're probably gonna agree on a lot of the things because we both want the same thing which we, is we both want better leadership for the Palestinians we both want better leadership for the Israelis to lead us towards peace mm. we both want a two-state solution we both realize that our our people are we're cousins if you look at the Bible we're cousins yeah you know we're the children of Jacob and Ishmael you know we have more in common than than people want to understand um, our our traditions, our history, our societies. There's no reason we don't, can't succeed. I would love for Gaza Strip to be a beautiful beach resort. I would. It should thrive. It makes the Israeli economy better. It makes everyone get along better. It makes the world better, and it shows that we can have peace and, and move forward. And for everyone who says it can't happen, why can't it happen there? And for everyone that wants to say that there'll be peace in the Middle East. Well, you know what? Maybe there'll never be full peace in the Middle East, but I think there's something that people forget what America is, right? America is progress. 
America's okay. So America's. I'm gonna bring this to Israel for a second. In peace. America's advanced its citizenship. It's not easy. You gotta want it. You gotta work for it. When you people aren't working for it, I think you see results like you see today, right? Mm-hmm. But people forget what it's like to have a U.S. passport. People forget what it's like to have that advanced freedom that not everyone has. America's progress, that freedom that, that we work for every day, it wasn't like this in the 60s. It wasn't like this in the 20s, 30s, and 40s. If you go back every decade, that advanced citizenship that we work together for, we make progress on. Yeah. You know I what mean. I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, yes, America, and we can talk about this in another episode, but America has been very racism. Very, 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 very racist, yes. Yeah. But you're not riding the back of the bus anymore, are you? No. And when was that? When your parents were alive. Not 300 years ago. That was in the 60s. You weren't allowed to go to colleges up in, you know, with me up until, what, mid-60s? Up until Bobby yeah, Kennedy yeah. pushed it through? So that's in, our, that's in our fathers and parents' lifetimes. That's what's called progress. I would like that same progress to go to the Middle East. It doesn't have to always be perfect, but let's make a step towards progress. Let's go one tip step towards just getting better. That's what I want, and that's what Mr. Abid wants, and that's what I can tell in the end. He's got me floored, guys. Sorry about that. I don't even know what to say. Um, I don't want to touch too much on on um, the Israel-Palestine conflict because I'm not educated enough and I'm neither Palestinian nor Israeli. Um, but what I will touch on is um, what he kind of talked about in the excerpt with him and Mr. Habib, which is um, the apology and, and being able to switch their tones and come to almost an understanding and being, being able and willing to actually listen to someone else's side. Uh, I mean, going back to, you know, the chant, you know, from the river to the sea and what that actually means to uh, at least Mr. Habib and, you know, he's Palestinian, but what it means to him and what it, you know, uh, you know, what it meant to Maddie Stewart, what he thought it meant to him and then being able to go back and talk to each other and uh, really come to an understanding that they both want the same thing in the end, which we talked about, which is peace. And I think kind of the overarching message of this, uh, this first podcast is that, right? Being able to listen to someone who who has different ideologies and, you know, thinks differently than you, being able to actually sit down and listen. And, you know, I think Stu said it best uh, one night is, you know, being able to maybe change some things in your ideology from having that conversation and right and having that synergy and coming to a new understanding. And I think that's where that progress lies. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, very well said, Stu. And um, I'm glad we got to uh, got to talk about this. Well, I think you said it pretty good there because it, it really sums up the base of what our podcast is about. And that's why I thought it was, there was a lot of different things that we talked about doing as the first episode. Yeah. And which, so I'm very excited for episodes two, three, and four and all, yeah, the, yeah. all the stuff we're going to be doing because there's great stuff to talk about. But this is a great base because in the end, two sons that traditionally hate each other, right? Because yeah. we're going to talk about red versus blue in America. We're going to talk to fund the police. We're going to talk the black-white issue. We're going to talk these things that are uncomfortable. But what's mo- the most uncomfortable is Israel-Palestine. And, you know, I'm very pro-Israel, but most importantly, I'm pro-peace mm. and progress. And and I want that because I want a better Israel. Better Israel is a better Palestine. 
not of Palestine, they're living the way they do. That cycles. We're never going to move forward. Or the fighting. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want the fighting. So, um, very excited uh, to bring you more because this is that great base of that and kind yeah. of finds what we're about. Um, for now, I think you'll follow us at MattyStew41 at Sterling. Dot Aston, Dot O'Neill. Yes. No, no Dash O'Neill, just O'Neill. Yeah. Um, we're going to talk about the most Irish black name of all time, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> most like British Irish black name. Um, so, and then I think we'll, we'll get a, an Instagram for, for our podcast. Of course, soon. yeah. yeah. Um, but we're on Apple, we're on Spotify, um, uh, offoutmedia.com. You can check us out there, our links there, our links on our Instagram. Um, I'd like to thank Mr. Muhammad Habib for reaching out to me, having a conversation with me, um, and teaching me something. Because to me, a, a good day is learning something new. Always. And yeah. again, new perspective. So, um, again, I am Maddie Stew. I'm Sterling O'Neill. And we are Please Don't Cancel Me for Common Sense, coming to you every Wednesday. Episode one, signing out. Thanks, everyone. Thank you, guys.